Satnam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. is that you ignite the upper palate, which ignites the hypothalamus, which indicates to the hippocampus that something's happening. <laughs> then that combination works with the pineal and the pituitary to let the whole body know 
that something's happening. And your hands are like this around your heart module. No, not the heart heart, the heart module, the heart center, right? And you can feel, you can feel the prana in that. Yes, you can feel the prana in your hands, right? Quietly. of that mantra is to set the stage for your, for your life. You have this opportunity with that seed mantra, that bij mantra, that gives you a sense that is senseless, that 
synchronicity that has no identity. The knowing that has no reason, known as unreasonable knowing. Your capacity to be human, not just an intelligent two-legged animal that has very little self-defense, so it produces massive weapons. That's the nature of your being when you are living in your, in your being rather than your doing. You are this exquisite master. And it's happening parallel to your existence, available to you in any moment. In any moment, you can be the master that you are. The only problem is you have to outlive your reputation. Now, you can outlive your reputation by either taking a lot of time so everybody that knew you dies off. <laughs> or you can outlive your reputation that's inside you that never dies off. And you can do that by taking your birthright, which Yogi Bhajan said it was happiness. Happiness is your birthright because that is the true joy of suddenly taking on your role as the master that you are, the Ang Namo Gurudev Namo. I bow to that inner master that I am. Not that I'm becoming, not that I can get to if I earn it, if I'm good, <laughs> none of that. This is a benevolent universe. There's no punishment. There's just an opportunity to grow. The punishment is holding yourself back from growth. For any reason. And you've got very good ones. They convince you. <laughs> How much better can you get? Now that doesn't convince me. No, a lot of things out there don't convince you. Like the fact that we have politics. <laughs> To us, it just looks like more of Saturday Night Live every day. <laughs> I think they've reversed roles. <laughs> I think Saturday Night's the real show and the rest of the days are just the comedy show. Hmm? The outside world doesn't convince you and it's getting more and more unconvincing. The inside world is what you must be convinced by. Say, I am a master. And I want you to be very comfortable with that. Because next year is the year of ten. Ten is the year of mastery. And the mastery of the numerology, right? This was a year of, for you, it's that, that. Right? That's a nine to you, isn't it? Yeah. So, is prayer being answered, right? Right? 
There you go. Six is prayer. Prayer, reaching. Seven is like this. It was a, it was a slash with a bunch of stairs, a bunch of stairs. Right? That was the original seven. And what it meant is you pray, then you climb to get your prayer answered. And when you climb high enough in your life, you meet that which is going to answer your prayer, which is also on its side, infinity. Hmm? And when you meet, after some discussion, <laughs> your prayer is answered. Hmm? When your prayer is answered, you surrender. You become zero with the one. That's mastery. You become zero. The one is you. The one becomes you. That's mastery. You become zero and the one becomes you. And what happens when you become that mastery? The twelfth number, because it begins with zero and then one through eleven, which is equal. So from this, you become this. So this coming year is the year of mastery. We're coming to that point when we have a numerical opportunity to live in our true identity. Vibrationally. And all you have to do is dissolve, resolve, solve your previous faux identity. The identity that was keeping you limited. Because as long as you're keeping yourself limited, you don't have to display your limitless nature. It's an easier life, but far more agonizing. The agony of your limitlessness is the agony of not knowing who you are. Like Yogi Bhajan, when somebody said, yeah, but what do I do about confusion? And he said, and, you know, they called it out from the back of the room, and he said, well, when you find out, let me know. Because I'm always confused. I'm always a different person. It's always a new moment. And as long as I'm accelerating into my infinity, I'm always unknown to my identity. And what I must do in the midst of all of that is keep myself grounded. Because if I don't keep myself grounded, then I'm meaningless. I just become another rabbling, babbling, meaningless conversation. Mm -hmm. So I keep myself grounded. I'm in perfect balance and I lean with my intention and motivation into my destination, my destiny. Which is that, I didn't bring that placard, but it's that, it's that wave of time, right? Right at the top you have, here you have what's called boredom, right? Boredom is the middle path, no extremes, just pure calm. What is the last thing you want to enter as a sailor? The doldrums. Doldrums could last a very long time. Pure calm, zero current, zero wind. Hmm? 
glassy, smooth waters. Ah. <laughs> and so what you do is you enter that calm. You enter that pure calm. It's called boredom. A Buddha called it the middle path. No extremes. So you enter that and you don't resist it. Because in that you enter your balance point. Right? It's calm, boredom, balance point, and then the sweet part of the top front of the wave. The wave of time. Hmm? So you lean into devotion, faith, inspiration, enthusiasm, stop. Stop right there. Because any further, it's excitement. Ah! And what's the flip side of excitement? Excitement, anxiety. Excitement, anxiety. Whoa! Right? Extreme spiritual sport. Which is where everybody wants to be when they're bored. I need some excitement. And so they pass right through the devotions and back into the emotions. Excitement, anxiety, overwhelm, chaos, lost, depression, frustration, anger. Now you're coming out. Purpose of anger is to come out of depression. Anger has meaning. Hmm? Anger, determination, certainty. But certainty isn't reality because the only constant is change. So your certainty is a false reality. In order to break the certainty back on the axle, you come from certainty, you come to doubt, to confusion. And you keep going up until you get to, you get to surrender, and then from surrender you go into boredom. And now you're back up there again. And you've done this so many times in so many lives. Please just get to the middle path and go, okay, let's not get too much going here. Let me get into balance from the still calm, the anand. Let me get into that still balance, the anand, and let me go into the dev, the divine. Right? Let me just lean ever so slightly into the divine. And let me taste that ambrosia, that, that Drop the word, Goprem, Ambrosia. Amrit. Thank you. Let me taste that Amrit. Hmm? Let me taste that sweetness. Not too much. Because <laughs> if I get too much, I get crazy and then lean forward and I'm excited and then anxious and I'm back into it again. The cycle. And that cycle within time has a larger cycle called the cycle of birthing and dying. 
incarnation after incarnation after incarnation, the microcosm of your existence played out in the macrocosm of your existences. You're done. Just say it. I'm done. Say it again. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah? Yeah. We could make that one stick, couldn't we? <laughs> I would raise some eyebrows. What's that fool teaching them? He's teaching them to be bilingual. <laughs> some Sanskrit, Gurmukhi, and English. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And what actually ends up being in that space, in that space, it's called synchronicity, which was also a prayer of many, many sacred leaders. The Buddha, Lord Krishna, Nanak, the things you are to do, the places you are to go, you shall go. The people you are to meet, you shall meet. The things you are to do, you shall do. That which you are to say, you shall say. That which you are to achieve, you shall achieve. The destiny of your life is written. Has many, 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 many pathways to get to it. But it is what it is. You can take long way around. You can take short way around. Yogi Bhajan said the actual distance of your actuality to your destiny from who you think you are or who you act as you are to who you truly are is nothing more than the distance from the base of your spine to the top of your head. The raising of the Kundalini. Synchronicity. Because when you're in that sweet spot, the wave is carrying you. You're not doing any work. The wave is carrying you. And that which you are to achieve is being achieved. And you're a witness. You're not a doer. You're a witness to the achievements for which you're being blamed. Oh, he did that. And because you know you didn't do it, it was achieved in your name, you're humble. Unless you're not. <laughs> and if you're not, if you claim to have done and been and wow, <laughs> the force, the force of that claim, whoa, man, it's like a it's like a rocket ship under your bum. <laughs> and the only response you have to that is to fall off the rocket. <laughs> and the shock takes a very long time to come back from. That's why in the early days Yogi Bhajan heard this Spanish, this Mexican song. You know the song? La cucaracha, la cucaracha. 
da 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 And he said, that's it. And he said, don't step on any more of the roaches on the floor for they're all former spiritual teachers. The higher you fly, the further you fall. So you want to ride that rocket gently, humbly, not ah. You can look throughout history, even recent history, of those who that ride the rocket and think that it's them. Reminds me of what was that movie where the guy's riding the bomb down at the end of the movie? Uh, Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> and what was his name? Slim Pickens. Was that it? Slim Pickens was the, was the actor, right? And he's on it like he's on a horse. He's riding this thing down to the ground, this atomic bomb. You know? <laughs> Yogi Bhajan said it's like being a flea on the back of a dog, grabbing a hold of a couple of hairs and thinking you're in control. Chances are you're going to get scratched off in a, in a moment's notice. But if you can humbly sit in that position and ride that wave, fulfilling your wishes, fulfilling your benevolent dreams, that is synchronicity. And that's when you're humble because this vast, vast world solar system, galaxy, universe, megaverse, multiverse, this vastness that is just not even, we haven't even begun to explore the minutest possibilities of what the vastness is with our science. You know, our science is so boneheaded. They just discovered that the, what was it? That the universe that they thought was, was one-tenth of what they now discover could be. It's like the stingiest parent in the world, right? You really need a dollar and they're giving it to you a penny at a time. Science just needs to say, wah, wah, wah. And just be like the rest of us. It's bigger than we can measure. We can speculate and it's just a fraction of what it truly is. But it's all working perfectly in the big picture. It's all working perfectly. So when you go into that synchronicity, you surrender. Remember I said you surrender to get to boredom? You surrender so that you can be part of its perfection. Rather than thinking, I got to work really hard here because otherwise things will go wrong. I'm not saying that you don't get involved with understanding where it's all going. But don't think that you're the one moving it. 
You're the one witnessing it. And the more of it you can witness, that's where your awareness comes in. The more of its synchronicity that you can witness, the more synchronized your life is in the midst of its perfection. Emphasis added. <laughs> nice effect. Yeah. That's what we have to embrace. That's what we have to embrace. And in order to embrace it, those things that we used to hear were applied to something, are a condition in which we have to dwell. We have to dwell in trust. Never say, I don't trust this person. Always say, I trust this person to be who I know they are. <laughs> that was taught to me in Amritsar. Yogi Bhajan and I were walking down a street. We got to Chor Bazaar. Chor Bazaar is like this wide open, massive bazaar with tables and people on blankets on the ground. And everything that's been stolen from the entire world is there for sale. <laughs> it's a thieves' bazaar, and everybody knows it's a thieves' bazaar. And he said, okay, Guru Singh, trust that everyone in this bazaar is a thief. So put your hands in your pocket and hold on to your passport, hold on to your money, hold on to everything. Trust everyone for who they are. And that puts the responsibility on you to know, to expand your awareness. That's trust. Faith is that realization that you don't know what the total vastness is, but you know because you know without reason, unreasonable knowing, that it's working. And that's the nature of that part of the wave of time that you lean into. The devotions, faith, trust, inspiration, enthusiasm. And you live your life in that. And things work for you. And that is called synchronicity. You think of something and it takes place. Or you need something and it appears. And one of the other things that the masters would say is that you get to say what? And the system says how and when. So sometimes it's delivered to you and the how isn't quite like your what, but your what was the, out, was the ultimate outcome and the how are some of the steps in between. And you'll resist the how because they're not the, they're not the what. You'll resist the steps in between. You want this and it's going da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. And you're going, no, no. And it's going, oh, okay. And you cancel out your subscription to the what you wanted. It's exactly like a river. Does a river flow from the mountain to the water, to the ocean? Does it? 
No, it travels. There's topography in life, isn't there? There's hills, there's valleys. It doesn't go through a hill. It goes around it. But if it goes around it, it may even be going in a direction completely away from the ocean. But what does the river always know? It gets there. Because what else does the river already always know? I gave it away. It's already there. Because the river is the river. It's not this part right here. So if you're just focused on this part of your life right here, you've got to get a bigger view so that you see that I am the river. I am at the source and I am at the destination. All at the same time. Always at the same time. And once you start to identify with the complete cycle, again, you're in synchronicity. And this is the part of the world, the universe, the megaverse, the multiverse, that is magical, not logical. Logical is a half. The other half is magical. But in order to get from logic into magic, which is the realm of miracle, you have to surrender. You have to surrender because otherwise logic will hold you prisoner. Because in that surrender, you surrender the need to have reasons to know. You surrender the need to have proof of the reasons. You surrender the need to have it be obvious. And the moment you surrender those needs, you're introduced to what was always there, just on the other side of logic, is the magic. I mean, the word magic has been completely disrupted. Yeah. But true magic is just the other side of logic. It's the part of the universe that allows everything to work in the logical side, unless you're disrupting it with your disbelief. How we work so hard, don't we? We work so hard at our disruption, don't we? And what happens with Kundalini Yoga after, you know, days, weeks, months, and years, and decades of practicing, you, your daily practice just attunes you. And by default, you surrender. By default, you find that calm. By default, you experience that balance. And by default, you lean just far enough into your intention to achieve your desired outcome.
two things Yogi Bhajan said, never be. Never be amazed. And never be giddy. Giddy is an f- interesting word. <laughs> giddy means like, oh my God, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, oh my, oh my, oh. <laughs> it's a little, it's got a little piece of amazement in it, you know? But it's like, it's a complete disbelief of the fact that the whole universe is working. The whole megaverse is working. The whole multiverse is... It's like, really? Yeah? So what we're doing in this is that we're allowing for all of this, which is all of that disruption. And we've developed our brain over these last 125,000 years where the frontal lobe has really been accelerating and and language has really been developing. And we've developed our brain into a binary system of solving problems. It's masterful at solving problems. But the problem with that, the problem with the problem, is that if you don't have any problems, it'll make them up. Because it refuses to be unnecessary. And so what we do with mantra and mudra is we occupy the brain. We, f- we, we say, okay, you're going to say this right now. And you're going to say it again. And you're going to say it again. And you're going to keep on saying it. Hmm? And the mudra is taking on the physical portion of the brain. And we get this to be somewhat cooperative. You don't ever get it to be obedient. Don't ever think you're going to ever get your brain to obey you. You get it to be somewhat cooperative. I mean, it cooperates with you. And then the heart brain begins to be heard. Because when the brain begins to cooperate, you don't feel... You don't feel the tension, pressure, stress, and friction of its opposition. And then the heart begins to beam like this. And the heart, the neurology in the heart, is connected to your deepest, deepest desires. The ones that may not be explainable in three and four dimensions, space-time, may not be explainable in language. But you just know them. And that's supported by the gut brain. You have brain in your gut, you have neurology in your gut, and you have neurology in in here. And these are the parts of you that are absolutely clear when you get into that total calm and don't require an explanation. Because the explanation comes out of the system in your head. The acceptance without explanation comes out of here and here. And so what we're doing in tonight's class is we're enabling ourselves. That's why we started with a mantra. A mantra that was working focused on the heart, yes? Because when you... You're working with the brain, you're working with the limbic system in the brain, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus. And then with that, you can access 
the pituitary and the pineal. Because you want this thing. This thing is very powerful, but it will take you out of your way and you will be its slave. That's why every yogic culture, every yogic culture called it the monkey. Then it wasn't that little sweet organ grinder fellow. <laughs> or they've got this, they've got this little monkey on, on my wife and our granddaughter. Every morning our granddaughter would come into our sadhana room and, monkey, I want to see the monkey. Because there's this monkey, this little tiny monkey on Facebook. I haven't seen it yet, but I keep hearing it, you know, because I'm over there doing something else. And they're all monkey, you know. And they're, it's a, probably it's a cute little thing, you know. It's just like nothing, you know, and they're washing it. They're giving it a bath or something. That's not the monkey that lives up here. The monkey that lives up here, if you want to know that monkey, go, go, to, uh, go to Rishikesh. In, go to Rishikesh in India. Those wild monkeys they can snatch your groceries faster than you can do anything. They are the crazy monkeys. That's what this is. But that's an advantage because it is so agile. It is so agile. It can do this and do this, but you want that to be at least following something that you're, in, that you're endearing. Hmm? You don't want it just taking you on the wild goose chase. So there are, some, there are some exercises in tonight's class that are specifically for the blood and the fluid in the, cerebral spinal, in the cerebral spinal fluid that surrounds the gray matter and the blood that fills the limbic system. All right? Deal? Ready? Set? Take hold of your knees. G. Oh, I've been live? Yeah. Well, show them who else has been live. <laughs> Everybody say Satnam to the masses. Satnam. So, if I'd have known I'd been live, I probably would have been livelier, but hey. <laughs> Hopefully you had a pretty good show. Satnam. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Never been live before. I've always been just a cardboard cutout. Cool. That is your, thank you for asking. That is your diaphragm. And I don't think it's pink. I think it's orange. But anyway, just to clarify. Yeah, it's, it's the diaphragm, right? Which is very much a part of these access points. Very much a part of these access points because it's, it houses your subconscious root in the solar plexa and it operates the breath which goes directly to the subconscious. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.